This is President Jason Wright, and you're listening to Ramblin' About Washington. to the rambling about washington podcast my guys from the chargers unleashed podcast on the la football network my guy jake hefner and dan wolkenstein welcome to the show fellas thanks for having us on thank you man this is awesome thank you this is we got dude week one we're here oh my god finally man you know i tell dan i've been telling him this for months draft season is always my favorite time of year when, when NFL is not on, I'm sure it is for everybody else. But that period of time from May all the way to July, Man. and especially now, even like this past weekend, we should have had the fourth preseason game. We had to wait an extra week now just for things to get started. I'm ready for things to get out of the training camp mode, get out of the purgatory. Just let me see someone hit someone for real when it counts in an opposite color jersey, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see the bullets flying and I want to see full speed ahead. I know the wait had to be even longer for you guys because y'all didn't even see your starters, the, the big guys, the big money guys. Y'all didn't even see them in the preseason. That's like, right. <laughs> what was the preseason games like over there? <sighs> I, I What was it, Dan? I think a lot of overreaction given who was on the field. And so everybody was <laughs> reacting to the bad play from the backups it was like come on you do realize who's not on the field right now <laughs> yeah for for folks who do not know the chargers as probably many teams have have been plagued by decimation of injury that has made this team a shell of what it once was and so the new coaching staff came in and basically were like we're not gonna risk that this year and basically sat everyone uh for the most part at least anyone who was going to make a huge impact uh, from any preseason game. And honestly, like, I think Jake, you probably would agree. I think this fan base from the, from LA would agree. Like it's refreshing to be able to go into a season and like have our dudes. Like it's yeah. been so, like literally last year, didn't even start week one before, like literally after the first series of week one, we we're without arguably our best defender oh, and then our best linebacker before we could even blink an eye. Yep. So uh, we're excited to see the starters play. Uh, and honestly, I'm Jake and I were talking earlier today. I'm excited for this matchup, man. Like Me this too. is a juicy, juicy matchup against your team. Oh yeah. And I'd like to add to that. Like we're both coming off seven and nine seasons and you can just see the clear ascension of both teams, but in different paths. Like you guys have the fancy young hotshot quarterback, but we have the defensive rookie of the year in the hotshot defense. That line is going to be a problem this week, especially with you guys. O line, uh, these injuries, if Balaga doesn't play my God, I'm going to pray for Herbert. Jake, what do you think about this matchup? And, what you saw in the preseason out of you guys? Man, well, we were saying from the get-go when Rayshon Slater was drafted 13th overall, the immediate thing we went to when we saw Chase. the schedule release was, whoo, what is this matchup going to be between Rashawn Slater and Chase Young? I mean, the front four of Washington is no joke. When you got guys like Chase Allen, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, why do you even need to blitz when you have these four guys? And right. with, as we've said, if there's one Achilles heel to this offense right now, that's worrisome to charger fans everywhere is it's the offensive line one, because you're talking about four guys 
who are brand new to this team that were not on here last year. Brian Bulaga is the only one that has returned. So you're definitely going to need time for these to gel. And Rio, as you just said, we don't even know. It's th- Thankfully, it's trending in the right direction at this very moment, but we don't even know for certain if Brian Bulaga is going to be on the field come Sunday. And if that's not the case, then it'll be Storm Norton in his place at, uh, at the right tackle oh, no. position. So <laughs> we'll definitely see. But yeah, the offensive line and the defensive line matchup between the Chargers and the Washington football team has to be the focal point of what's going to dictate the pace of this game. Yeah, man, that's going to be like the heavyweight matchup that we got going on. And, oh, my God. And I just seen Schefter tweeted like a couple hours ago, um, Austin Eckler. What's going on with Eckler? Is he healthy? Dan, I'll let you take this one, dude. <laughs> Look, uh, the second you see Shefty putting out anything that has to do with any injury, like everyone goes crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. But, like, I was telling Jake this. Literally, like three hours ago, Austin Eckler puts out some, like, hype video and how excited he is to go into year five, play in four days, how excited he is, and he's ready more now than ever before. And then you see this Schefter bomb of Eckler with a hamstring injury. Like, I honestly need people to calm down just a little bit here. Uh, I know this is the Chargers, and this is exactly what happens typically. But if there's one thing I know about what this Chargers team has looked like with the new coaching staff and Brandon Staley and crew – is they have been very cautious and have been very safe with their players. And so I would bet a nice six pack, that this is a precautionary thing that they're just keeping things nice, close to the vest, not going to risk anything. He'll be out there on Sunday and we might see an electric guitar celebration. Who knows? <laughs> I hear that, but we, we actually have our own injury issues going on today too. We got Curtis Samuel. I don't know if you guys heard he, he, he left practice early. We haven't seen any of him all preseason. I didn't see any of him in Richmond for training camp. And he's only practiced full go two days. And then today he left practice early. And there's a clip of him walking where he clearly looks like he's bothered. So, and he, you know, hamstrings linger as well. It's not looking good for him. So it looks like you guys are going to see a lot of this kid we drafted in the third round, Deami Brown out of North Carolina. And I'll tell you what, I've seen him all summer. I've been saying I like Curtis Samuel. This guy's going to be wide receiver too for us. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be our Swiss Army knife. He's going to run around and stuff. His camp looks eerily similar to what Terry's did as a rookie. And he's going to be a problem. When it comes to matchups, which specific matchups are you guys looking at the most? I'll start with you, Jake. Oh, good Lord. I, you know, the moment that I mention Antonio Gibson on this show, it just breaks Dan's heart because (laughs) Antonio was a, was a favorite of Dan's two years ago in the draft. So he knows how much of a dynamic playmaker he can be, whether it's running the ball, uh, catching the ball. And, you know, when he's on, he's on. So running game for this team. And I've been saying it since training camp got underway that my biggest concern, especially from a defensive standpoint for this team, was the middle of our defensive line, our front four. Uh, do I think we have the guys up there that are stout? Linball, Joseph, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery. It's kind of an unfinished product as it is right now, so I'm hoping to see some improvement. But the depth behind those guys, I'm just a little bit weary of. I'm not sure what this run defense is truly going to look like, and I think you guys are going to test it early. So that would probably be a matchup that I would say beyond what's going to happen in the trenches with the pass rush of either team, that definitely is one to stand out. How about you, Dan? 
Whew, there's a lot of juicy ones. I mean, you got, I mean, obviously there's Rashawn Slater versus Chase Young. Um, but I will say, like, I'm curious to see what happens with, with Terry McLaurin and who ends up guarding him. I think it's going to be kind of a, a guarding by committee thing. Um, Derwin will probably on him a bunch. I think Asante Samuel Jr. will probably be on him a bunch. Um, Chris Harris will probably be on. But I will probably side with Jake again. Antonio Gibson, man, I mean, he had 1,000 scrimmage yards last year. The dude's a beast. Uh, you're honestly both your running backs are intimidating. And the one thing that has come out of Chargers training camp this year is how impressive the linebacking core has looked and the speed in which that they play with, whether it's Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White, all three of them can run sideline to sideline with the oh, best of be nice. the NFL. So <laughs> and we're, we're honestly, we're not used to that. Like the Chargers, that has been one of the biggest issues we've had for a while. And so seeing kind of the backfield go up against the interior defensive line and the linebackers out of the backfield, I think that's what I'm looking forward to. And honestly, beyond that, there are so many things about this Chargers team that is different that we have literally not seen before. Like the coaching scheme, the coaches, the defensive scheme, the offense, the defense, special teams, like offensive lines different. There's so many things that like, you know about, you've seen as much starting play as we have. <laughs> Like it's, it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. And like, yeah, and like you were just saying, so many new things. And new is something we're getting used to here in Washington because I can say, like, as a fan, I turn 30 next month. We've never won 11 games in my life, and I've never seen us in a conference championship game. So for Ron to come in in, like, one year, take the whole culture and give it an entire facelift and see practice going according to how it should go. People hustling in practice and people nationwide are starting to recognize that this ship is finally going in the right direction. It's crazy. So I think my biggest advantage matchup is going to be coaching. I like Ron Rivera and company with the experience. I like that both yeah. offensive coordinators, their son or their, their lineage is through um, legend, you know, North Turner's son, Scott is our offensive coordinator. Y'all offensive coordinator is what Joe, Joe Lombardi, right? Joe Lombardi. And they're the grandson of Vince Lombardi. Like, come on, man. I like those. I like, I like where we're going with offense. Like, we didn't really get to see Scott get into his bag as a coordinator last year because we had an absolute shit show at quarterback. God bless Alex Smith's heart. He was playing on one leg and there was not but so much he could do. And Dwayne Haskins, I'm not going to start with him today. I've spent enough time and energy in my life. I'm not going to use any more words of my life to describe Dwayne Haskins. And Steeler fans, if you are watching, he is not the answer there. I promise you. But the matchup I'll be looking for, I want to see William Jackson and Keenan Allen. I want to see the wide receiver matchup because William Jackson, I don't panic over too much that I see in camp or in preseason, but – the little bit we did see of William Jackson, who was our top signing this offseason, he's getting beat a lot. I know he's coming into a new scheme, and he's used to being a primary man press corner, and they were doing a lot of zone things. But you can't take too much away from preseason. It's overreaction season. You're in a manila formation most of the time. But I'm, I'm looking to see that. I want to see what our secondary does with you guys' receivers because you guys are explosive. And I want to see my kid. I want to see the kid corner we drafted in the third round, Benjamin St. Juice. I want to see him line up with Allen and 
Mike Williams as well because he's been impressive as hell. Him and Diami have been two of the more impressive players we've seen here in camp. I'm interested from a like you guys are across the country from us. What are you guys' takes on Washington and what's happening over here right now? And I want to hear about the name change if you guys have any opinions on that as well. <laughs> I um, mean, well, go, go ahead, ahead Jake. Jake. No, 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 you go ahead. Okay. When we did the schedule release show, Rio, the we just looked up at the first six games of our season. We're like, dude, this is this is going to be a dogfight for these first six six weeks. If we start with Washington, then we have Dallas, we have Kansas City, then we have Oakland. I think Jesus. we also have Cleveland and Baltimore <laughs> that are sprinkled in there, Dan. If I'm if I remember correctly, huh? I mean it's just nasty defensive matchups Man. and against tough running offenses as well. So I mean it's no joke. Washington is not to be taken lightly, especially from a defensive perspective. It is a it's a huge stepping stone game, not just for the Chargers because they have to keep pace with the chiefs in their own division so you'd hate to go down oh one and in week one it's huge for brandon staley because it's his first coaching aspect so rio to your point as far as saying where could the advantages be had as far as guys with head coaching experience yeah obviously a lot of people would look to ron rivera for that uh advantage there so there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I think this is just going to be one of those tough, low scoring type of matchups at the end of the day. Wouldn't surprise to see me see the game finish 17 to 13. Either team could end up winning with that final score, in my opinion. But this is going to be a dogfight, man. It's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Hell yeah. Yeah. And honestly, the the thing that we hear or that everyone here is talking about is like this Washington football team defense is legit and arguably has the best front four in the NFL. And it's one of the best defenses in the league. And in terms of like what they give up, I was doing some research earlier and they are one of two teams last year that gave up 20 yards or more, just 36 times, which let, which was the lowest in the league. The only other team that was doing that last year was none other than Brandon Staley's defense and LA for the Rams. So they don't let things go over the top. That's only two times per game. They give up passes over 20 yards downfield. The defense gets after it. Like you said, like it was kind of like the giants back in the day, the front four, if you can win with that, like you guys are good. So look, you guys got one of the best up and coming wide receivers. One of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. I think a really good tandem we, it's, is it going to be three touchdowns or three interceptions for Ryan Fitzpatrick? We don't know. Like, that's probably stuff you guys are talking about. But honestly, like, if if we're being realistic, the, the Achilles heel for the Chargers, and I'll spoil it for you guys, in years past has been injury, special teams, and offensive line play. Like, those are the three things. So if the Chargers have good special teams, their offensive line plays well and they're healthy. Like you guys are in for a problem, but if you see us giving up sacks and you see us missing field goals and muffing punts, y'all are straight. <laughs> You'll be hey. just fine. Hey, we can, we can, we could definitely relate. Cause I will say special teams is an issue here too. Our kicker, Dustin Hopkins. I don't know what he's going through, but after we lost the game in London where he missed a 34 yard field goal to win the game versus the Bengals, in 2016, he has not been the same since, and he's been missing kicks all over the preseason and in practice. So, And we will muff a punt or two as well. So, Look, we were historically bad. Like, <laughs> historically bad. Our kicker missed nine field goals the most in the NFL last year. We had three block punts. 
which is the most in the NFL last year. I think like 22 teams had none. Like we were terrible on special teams. Historically terrible. Y'all win. Our our (laughs) offensive line, I don't know how Justin Herbert was able to have the numbers he did because our offensive line was like laughably bad. Like people that were watching this team, it was not good. And then coaching, like we could not get out of our own way. And so like, there oh, are God. so many things that are different this year for the Chargers that we just don't know. But Jake would probably agree. Like, it could not have been any worse than it was last year in those three things I was talking about. Like, it was – we were the laughing stock in those categories. Like, it was so bad. You can go ahead and expound on that, Jake. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to think that it can get any worse than what it was last year. It really is. Situational football – your kicker mixed missed 12 kicks throughout the year. That's why he's no, that's why he lost the job. Now you're going with someone else, which again, real to your point is as far as the kicking situation, Dan and I had no idea how our kicking situation was going to fare out because it literally went like this on a daily basis. <laughs> One guy looked good. Then the next day they looked bad. The other guy got good. You thought the matchup was a lot closer than it actually was. And then literally it was almost like by default <laughs> in the final preseason game, where each guy has gotten an opportunity to perform in each one of the first two preseason games comes down to the final one. The one guy who gets an opportunity to kick because your offense can't move the ball. He misses the only field goal opportunity and somehow wins the coaching job. I don't kicking know job. what to think of this kicking situation for this team. I mean, do a bunch of hail Mary's in front of the window, do whatever it is, pray, whatever God you have. If you're a chargers fan, I have no idea what to expect from this kicking situation for this oh, team. Oh, man. I suddenly feel a lot more comfortable with our okay. special teams. I, I, was, I was just going to say, I, we're making it sound June gloom here, and the special teams has not been good. But the level of talent, and this is probably me being a bit of a homer, but I think this is real. Go for it. The, your the, lever, handle. <laughs> the lever of talent that this Chargers team has now is more than I have seen in 20 years of this team like lt all-time great go like as a single player amazing antonio gates incredible like vincent jackson unbelievable as a but as a collective unit joey bosa derwin james chris harris asante samuel jr drew tranquil kenneth murray murray Mm -hmm. that's just on defense then on offense you've got austin eckler mike williams keenan allen and oh by the way offensive rookie of the year and arguably one of the front runners to win MVP this year in Justin Herbert mm-hmm. with a brand new coach, brand new stadium, and people are healthy. Like that is so foreign to us right now that we're all like just sitting here on pins and needles waiting for something to go wrong. Yeah, but this team is dangerous. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you, Rio, this is going to be a fun, fun game. It's going to be good on good. Your defense is no joke. Our defense, I think, is no joke either. I think it's going to come down to the trenches, like Jake said. Oh, yeah, man. And whoever the schedule prognosticators who put this game together, who knew that this this is such a good matchup? This could end up one of the better games on Sunday because both teams are in an ascension right now. And like like you just said, the best team y'all put together in 20 years, this is definitely the best team that Daniel Snyder owned Washington team has ever put together and it's not even close and the stability we have at the top of the organization the coaching staff everything the vibe is so much different and before we talk about you guys' hot shot quarterback 
a position that I dream of having here one day. Do you, you don't want to know the names that I've seen start at quarterback for here. First of all, we've had like 39 starters since 2001. Like, that is insane. Like, think of like Brady, Breeze, Rivers. Like, dude, I've seen eight quarterbacks in the last two seasons. I've seen eight. Terry McLaurin is somehow trotting out a thousand yard, five touchdown seasons with black at quarterback every single year. But this is what I'm used to. That's why we got Fitzpatrick. I know what comes with the Fitzpatrick experience. I am praying since this is one of the better situations he's ever been in that he just plays the whole damn 17 game season, but we're so not used to it. Everyone has their eyes on Taylor Heineke, the backup quarterback because of what he did versus Tampa. I just want to know what it feels like to see one guy get through the entire season at quarterback. And speaking of quarterback, just how good is this Herbert kid? Because everything I saw from him last year, he checks all the boss boxes. Everyone's draft report about him was wrong. He's a little introverted and he's quiet, but he's a, fucking animal when the lights come on and he made throws like I've never seen before that throw versus Tampa off his back foot was just I've never seen anything like it here in Washington I'll start with you Jake just how good can this kid be man I got to take it all the way back to just the pre-draft just leading up to days before everything was happening I still have a tweet where I did like a little mock draft day Sony Weaver type thing where I had post-its and I wrote like the hmm. the top six guys that we had talked Herbert, about. No matter you know? what, yeah, you know, I had a, I had Herbert. No matter what, I had Tua. No matter what, on there, um, who was it? Isaiah Simmons. I had Isaiah Simmons. No matter what, and I had all these laid out. And I said, which number Chargers fans do you want to pick? It was a resounding Tua. No matter what, on that. And I was even looking at this. You know, I wasn't even. I'll admit, I wasn't even the highest looking at Justin Herbert, but I didn't understand all the flack that he was getting when people were talking about his downfield accuracy. Cause I'm going back and I'm looking at his plays in Oregon and I'm like, dude, this kid's accurate. I get it. His, his introvertedness, his quietness. Okay. That maybe not be the landmark of a leader of a rah, rah type of guy, like a Brady or a rivers an emotional quarterback that the charters have had for such a long time. And to step foot on the field against the then world champion, in a situation like that, seconds before the game starts, and to go out there and perform that he did, not just in that Same. one week, because even, even I admit, I'll, I said to Dan, I said, let's pump the brakes. They weren't expecting to go up against Justin Herbert that week. Let's see what these next couple weeks do. And holy shit, was I happy. I just kept getting proved, proven wrong every single week thereafter. My God. <laughs> His poise that he showed the throws that he was making, you mentioned the Tampa one reel. I go back to the one that he made against New Orleans where he was did the rollout and the throw in the back of the end zone. The, the mobility of a quarterback that we haven't had in the last 15 years. It was such a joy <laughs> to see something like that. But to see what he's done and essentially be under a different coaching staff every single year over the last four years going back to his time in Oregon, to see him grow this way, is just insane. And it gives you so much hype for what his future could be. So really the sky is the limit for Justin Herbert. And uh, with this new coaching staff and this cache of weapons around him, you'd hope the only direction that he can go is up from here. The, the scary thing about Justin Herbert was 
what he did last year was with no off season with literally like 10 seconds of warning before getting trotted out there and had a terrible offensive line, a really suspect, I'm just going to keep it common collected, a suspect coaching staff that did him zero favors, a kicking game that literally lost him like three or four games. And he's breaking record after record after record, flying by through his pants with hair on fire and just putting the team on his back. Like we're not used to that. And for all of the praise that Philip Rivers gets for his outstanding career, Chargers fans have this notion that come fourth quarter, you're not feeling very confident if your team is, you know, down four with three minutes left and you got the ball. Like, you're something's going to happen. You might get down there close and there might be interception. You might go fourth down. Who knows? There was a palpable feeling when Justin Herbert had the ball at the end of the game that you are like, we're going to score. Like, it's not going to be because of him that we're going to lose. Like, hell no. So the kid has all of the intangibles. He has all the tangibles. I mean, he has one of the best arms in the NFL, if not the best arm in the NFL. One of the smartest kids you'll ever hear from. He loves to be challenged. And he has owned this locker room and has commanded respect in a different way. And it's made people kind of question what is leadership? Like, do you have to be the guy that just yells in your face and shit talks all day long? Or can you like literally kill him with kindness and demand respect through your play? And I think that's exactly what's happened. And to see the guys on this team, Keenan Allen, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Chris Harris, like dudes with that much respect already for a second year player who now is a captain of this team, that's all you can say. And when the new coaching staff came in, one of the things that this Chargers fan base was pleading for was, can we please create a system around the talent we have versus force-fitting the talent around the system? And this coaching staff, if there's nothing else that they have done, they have made a scheme tailored to their players, tailored to Derwin James, tailored to Justin Herbert, tailored to Joey Bosa. Justin Herbert's offense, like it's his. They have made it for him. And I cannot wait to see what this kid does this year. It's, um, I mean, arguably, if you went back, talk to Washington football, talk to you guys. If you went back and reloaded that draft order, like, would Justin Herbert be the first quarterback off the board? Would he be the first pick off the board? Or I guess second pick off the board if you guys had an option? Yeah, he was not. He, he would not be number two. I would tell you that if there, he would go right where Joe Burrow went and we would be taking Burrow or Young. And that's a conversation that stirs. There's two in this game that stirs up things here in Washington. There's the Deron Payne versus Derwin James conversation. And there's the Justin Herbert thing. I love Chase Young. He's he's probably the best player we've drafted since Sean Taylor. But. I've never seen us have a quarterback, so I would obviously take the quarterback. I I feel like it's a no-brainer. I'm taking Herbert. I'm taking Herbert. Listen, Justin Herbert's rookie season, I've never seen quarterback play on that level here as my time as a fan, as a 29-year-old fan. Never seen it. Never seen. I seen Kirk throw for 5,000 yards to Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. I did not see anyone ever make the throws that I saw Justin Herbert made last year. You guys are you guys get to go from a fringish Hall of Fame quarterback to Justin Herbert, who looks like he's going to take this goddamn league by storm and compete with Patrick Mahomes every year. Good for you guys. Good for <laughs> L.A. 
nice shiny new stadium, nice quarterback. Like you guys' roster is filling out well. I love to see it. Is there anything? Are you guys keeping up with the rebrand situation here in Washington? Because that is a never-ending topic here right now. What is I, it I thought you guys were going to have a new name by now, and now now they said what? It's not going to be announced until next season. Uh, see the plan. Jason Wright and Tanya Snyder, it seems like at some point they're kind of workshopping it. But no, the plan is to announce it probably early 2022. But the thing is, the way the society works in 2021, there's too many hands, merchandisers and eyes that are going to get their hands on stuff. And you just don't want such a storied franchise being revealed by some like intern at Nike. Like or a leak or something like that. That you can't have it come out like that. So I feel what like they with may, the Rams. What happened with the Rams? Hell yeah, they, yeah. They might have to adjust. They may have to adjust their schedule and get it out at some point this year. They've started up making the brand series where they're actually like taking like uh, fan consideration and opinion, and they're showing us behind the curtain how things go. They formed focus groups, all kinds of stuff. Jason Wright is a gym. He's handling this process very professional, but they're getting antsy now and. I want a name. I want something to follow Washington that's not football team because it sounds very generic. And a lot of the merchandise that has come with it looks like you could pick it up at the gas station. And I don't want that. I don't want that. The fan favorite is anything with a wolf on it. Wolves. I like Red Wolf. Red Wolves. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, that's my fan. top one as well. There we go. There we go. I want to I want to oh, I want to howl in the stadium like an idiot. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Hell yeah, it would be great. I, I don't think, want you. I don't want to see Washington presidents. I'm sorry. Oh my god, I, I'm, that's too I'm close praying. to Patriots. I'm I don't praying. Like that. I'm praying that they don't settle on some political or DC centric name just to like a piece. No, we don't. We don't need that. Like, give us something fun. Let's unite as a wolf pack. Like, I like it. But even yeah. if they, no matter what they pick. Just give us some good uniforms. I see you guys have a whole damn mm. schedule for your uniform. I want that. Give me that. <laughs> I, I'm sick of us looking like we're from the 70s. It is 2021. <laughs> I don't want our quarterback look like he's going to come out with one bar on his helmet and the helmet be leather. Like, look, I love what you – what is you guys' favorite combination of you guys' uniform? Oof. Okay. Oh, this is yeah. a topic that for Chargers Twitter especially, like – People throw bows over this. And like there are some <laughs> oh, there, yeah. are some, there are some oh, yeah. writers who You're... like despise the dark blue. But like fan favorite is a dark blue. Uh you can't go wrong with the with the, the powder blue. But I will say they just they don't wear them, but the Chargers actually just released a new like sunshine yellow jersey that they have for like fans to pick up. I picked up one of those. Man, that is probably my favorite. But of the ones that they of the ones that they wear, I think it's got to be like the powder blue with the sunshine yellow. Like I just I love oh, yeah. that. So modified powder blue, man. That's it. <laughs> That's what they. I mean, hey, if there was anything that they wanted to officially connect themselves with their heritage in LA for the one single year that they were there in '61, it's got to be the powder blue. It's been the powder blue. Everybody was always saying that the Chargers had. Uh, for a period of time when Philip Rivers was on the team, that they were undefeated in the powder blues for a long stretch of time. And everybody was saying, it's like, why can't we just make this the permanent uniform that they wear every single week? So it's the powder blue, man. If, if not that, I would say my close second choice would probably be their color rush one, Dan. That's the one that I always go for with that shade of blue. But yeah, got to go with the powder blue. It's too good. 
I love it. I love it. I love the uniform combinations. I just got one more, and I'm gonna let y'all go. I know y'all got some. You got some more content to put out. I'll let y'all plug your show and all that stuff. Dan, I I, I was watching you guys podcast, and oh no, you haven't made time for the MCU, uh, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Listen, I promise. How you. much money did Jake give you on the side to bring this <laughs> up again? No, no, no. no. I, hey, I do my homework. <laughs> I do my homework, man. I, I I watch you guys, man. And you guys get great players on the show, by the way. I'm trying to do the same oh, at some you. point. You thank guys you. are killing it, but. There's time for everyone for Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, man. So what's the last one you've Talk seen? Talk to him, Rio. All right. I'm, so. I'm, hang on. I'm just going to sit back, <laughs> shut up, and put my feet up for this. Go ahead. All right. So I'm currently on uh, Age of Ultron. So I have, I have made it past. Ooh. Uh, what was the last one I made it past? Hang on, Dan. Be specific. You haven't am, finished Age of I'm Ultron. I'm like an yet. hour into Age started. of Ultron. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of movies in this thing. It's oh, like there tw- are. Tw- 22 or something crazy. And look, I, I love them. I love them. But I'm willing to admit, I did not know that they were all tied together until about a year ago. I did not know to stay to the credits for all of them until <laughs> a year ago. I did not know that there were three phases. I did not like. I don't even know. I haven't seen Endgame. I haven't seen. Oh my god! Oh I have like. I couldn't even name the Listen, other one. I haven't seen. Listen, Listen, like I'm, okay, I, I've seen memes with a snap with the the what's his name, Jake? Infinity you know name. War Thanos snap. That guy. Oh, what's I've his seen name? That snap. Oh no! I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that snap a million times on Twitter. No idea. You what think it about. can't get any worse, Rio? It gets worse. So oh, I'm trying. Man. Look, I made it through phase one. I am one movie away from finishing phase two. Okay. One movie and a half. And then I got phase three. But until then, yes, I got the dunce hat. I'm under the table. Shots are on me. I, I'm willing to admit, like, it's a fail on my part. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it is all good. Like, you know what I'm saying? At least, you, at least you're keeping it 100 about the whole situation. So what is your favorite of the ones you've seen so far? Ooh, great question. Um, I really like The Winter Soldier. That one might be up there, but I don't know if you can beat the original Iron Man. I think the original Iron Man, I think for me was like, I remember loving it at the beginning when I saw that one. And then when I saw it again, I'm like, gosh, this guy's, it was just so good. Um, Those are probably be my two right now. Thor's up there too, though. I like Thor. Thor, the first one? Okay, so you yeah. haven't got to the Dark I haven't got because I didn't know there was a second one. Oh, okay. Oh, there's three. Bro, you did. Unless you lied to me, you did watch the Dark oh, World. I think I did. you attempted to watch that there. two or three times before you even finish it. Thank you for calling so, me So, okay, so you've clearly been living under a rock out there in L.A. But, I mean, L.A. is nice, though. You can easily be distracted from There's lots of nice rocks those, here. A whole bunch of them. But, so, so hold up. So, have you had anything crazy spoiled from what happens at in the series no and, and but i also probably but i don't even know if it has happened like i'm sure there have been things that have been said but it's gone so far over my head so quickly that i probably don't even realize it but like the thing is i don't even know what i'm coming towards like <laughs> i don't know what is there to be spoiled so like i everyone is like un like just can't believe that i have not seen endgame or seen whatever Listen, and like that's as far as they go they're like what this is crazy to me. Listen, I don't know what your favorite cinematic experience at a theater was, but 
watching Avengers Endgame for me. Oh my God, that was an experience as well for me. But there's nothing that matches. Like there was like stages of crowd reaction in that movie. Like there was there was scenes where everyone Damn is it. crying, laughing. Then there are scenes where we're all applauding, and it's, it's so much nostalgia. It's like a big rush of nostalgia and just emotion. Like I, this sounds nuts. I cried in the theater <laughs> watching Endgame two nights in a row when I went with my friends and when I went with my son. I'm not proud of this, but, hey, my emotions get the best of me sometimes. Watch it. When you get to that point of it, you're going to say, okay, watching these movies changed my life. Like I promise you. <laughs> All right, well, everything that he just said, Dan, is a hell of a lot better than I could have said it, and not one word of it was wrong. Not no, one. When, when I get to Endgame, I will send both of you, obviously, Jake, real, I will send you a message as well with my reaction in GIF form, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Oh, so I since didn't... it takes you three times to watch Guardians uh-huh. of the Galaxy, <laughs> just so you know, Endgame is a three-hour movie, so yeah. I expect that it's going to take you a week. Three hours? To finish no, it's, it's, it's over three. Oh, it's like <laughs> Titanic. Yeah, except it's, it's yeah, but it's a hell of a lot better. It's outstanding Whoa. the whole time. Oh, no, I like Titanic. Oh, oh funny story, fun fact. <laughs> I had only seen Titanic when I was way too young. I just took Titanic in for the first time, like three on two years VHS ago. tapes. Like three, <laughs> hell yeah! Like I just took it in for the first time, like three years ago, and I took everything I'd ever said growing up about it. That movie it wrecked me, and there was room on the raft. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there was. There's also a room on the door, damn it. What the hell? Like, <laughs> hey, there was no excuse for that. Rose, I'm sorry. Like, you're not shit for that. <laughs> like, you are. I enjoyed this. You guys are cool as hell, and we will definitely do this again. And I'm going to definitely need an NCU update from Dan at some point. Jake, stay on him for that. I just need yep. one more thing before y'all plug your stuff and go. Win or loss for the Chargers on Sunday in D.C.? Dan, go ahead, dude. I don't don't even know if I'm even ready for my answer. And you're normally the more optimistic of the two of us, so please, go ahead. I'm going to go – look, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, There are a ton of guys that scare me on Washington. If we can keep Antonio Gibson in check and can keep Scary Terry from going off, I like our chances. Uh, Our offensive line cannot be any worse, and we've got – what looks to be the best offensive lineman in the draft. We've got dudes. So I'm, I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going to go 23-17. I can take it. I respect it. I respect it. Jake, what are we doing? This is so tough because there's so many elements here that I think of. Notoriously, the Chargers don't start fast within the first four weeks. Don't, doesn't matter who the coach is. Even if you go back to Norv Turner, Mike McCoy, Anthony believe. Lynn, we, we <laughs> traditionally don't start that fast. I look at the elements of, ta- of traveling across the country. It's an early game at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. You're talking about a first-time rookie head coach coming into a situation like this. We're not talking about going up against any middle-tier defense, arguably the best defense in the league, at least the best front four. That's without question. I just don't know. And you take into account the offensive line that has not had the adequate time to gel during the preseason, during training camp, even though, as Dan said, it can't get any worse you still have to take that into effect. It is week one. There's a lot of question marks out there. 
Dan's going to hate me for this, but given the elements of that. Don't do this, Chase. This, I know you're a pessimist, that, but. Mm-hmm, do it. I, look, I think that this could be the final score either way. 17-13. Actually, no, I'll say 17-14, and Dan, you'll love this one. The Washington football team's kicker will be the reason that they end up winning this game 17 to 14 Ooh, at the very end. Huh, that's music to my ears to know that Hopkins is going to actually put it through the upright. <laughs> it's crazy our, how similar all our score. Like mine, I think we're going to win 21 to 17. I think y'all are going to commit a couple turnovers. We're going to commit a couple turnovers. I can see a fumble and a Fitz pick. Fitz is going to put a few in the area of some Chargers guys, but I see us with a 21-17 victory. I think Fitz is going to do enough in week one. I think he's going to give him just under 300 yards, a couple touchdowns and a pick. I think Gibson's going to have over 100 total yards because he's going to get the ball on a lot of I – hope, I hope people pick Gibson in fantasy because – him being a wide receiver at Memphis, that is going to be utilized this year, in case anyone knows. Last year was all about working on the job and learning how to be a running back. It gets We're going to go Gibson crazy this year. But I think our roster right now, minus the quarterback position, I like what we have more, and I think we're going to, I think we're going to edge y'all slightly in week one. And it's going to be a great game. It's going to be one of the games of the weekend. Dan, you, like, you got something to say. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking about I like at the, at the end of the day, this is gonna be about like if it could be Fitz Magic or Shit's Tastic. Like <laughs> which one is it gonna be? And I think man. that's gonna I think that's where it's gonna go. Um but I'm 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 taking my guys. Okay. I'm I'm bullish, man. I'm bullish. I hell yeah, man. I'm on, I love I'm, on it. The, I'm on the same high horse right now. This is the most genuinely <laughs> optimistic I felt We're all about going my team. the Super Bowl right hell, now. Hell yeah. Hey, hey, it would be lovely if the next time we do this, we're previewing a Chargers Washington Super Bowl. That would be fucking nuts. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. You know, I just figured this out. You know when the regular season starts, because that's where my pessimism starts coming out throughout. Very Since true. the draft, <laughs> these past several months, I've been extremely high. But now that the regular season's back and there's all these unknown elements in it, I have to kind of come back down to earth and be a little bit real. And Dan hates that about me, but that's that's what makes our conversation so ferocious, if you will, between the two of us. <laughs> but when the regular season starts, pessimistic Jake tends to come out every now and again. Oh, yeah, man. But this was great, man. I had an excellent time with you guys. I want you guys both. I'll start with you, Dan. Plug you guys' show. Plug your social medias. And we can get out of here for the night. Of course. Hey, thank you for doing this. And this has been, honestly, it's been a blast. Can't wait to see this game. Really, you're the best. Uh, you can find us on Chargers Unleashed on Twitter, at LAC underscore Unleashed. You've got a ton of player interviews. You've got giveaways. You've got a lot of insights from beat reporters, analysts, you name it. Not just covering the Chargers, but across the league. Uh, you can find myself at Chargers Homer. Uh, Jake, my lovely co-host, you can find him at Jake T. Hefner. <laughs> We're also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Jake, where else can we find us? LAFB, what did I miss? I'm sure I missed something. I think you covered it, man. Oh, yeah. And you know where we will not find Dan is 
at the near, at, at, at the movie theaters watching Shang Chi. <laughs> <laughs> At that, least for like another six years by the time we finally <laughs> finish all these movies. Oh, yeah. We will finally have a new stadium in D.C. or Virginia by the time <laughs> yeah. that happens. But We'll be talking about Avengers 5 by the time Dan Hell eventually yeah. gets to Endgame. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But that's going to conclude today's episode of Rambling About Washington podcast. Make sure you guys check out my page. Sub to the channel, Rambling with Rio Robinson. I just had an amazing sit-down with Michael Silver, who just came to Washington as a content contributor and working with his guy Riverboat Ron. Check that out. Rambling about Washington on all digital streaming platforms. Until next time, hail to the nameless football team. Deuces. <laughs>